Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is presented to you by our friends over at MyBookie. When your money's on the line, choose a trusted sports book that gives you tools to win, like MyBookie. At MyBookie, it doesn't matter if your team is up or down. You can easily cash out or bet the game live to come out on the winning side. Use my bookie for daily odds boosts, same game parlays, and take advantage of huge prize pool contests. Every single sack, fumble, and touchdown is another chance to hit payday. To get started, go to mybookie.ag and on your first deposit, use promo code TSUS to grab a deposit match up to $1,000. Try the MyBookie money bag to grab a potential Super Bowl front runner at long shot odds. Plus 38,000 on the Eagles and Chiefs. You won't find odds like that anywhere else. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players. And you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at prize picks they also have a slick easy to use mobile app both on the app store and google play they're rated 4.8 stars in the app store with rave reviews so many fans and listeners of the spurs up show have made tons of money with our friends at prize picks and you should as well so again go download the prize picks app or go to prizepicks.com and when you do use that promo code ts U.S. to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Joins us every single Tuesday to talk all things Gamecocks, football, everything in between. It's been an eventful last 24, 48, or even 72 hours in Gamecock Nation. We bring on, as always, our good friend J.C. Sherbert of the Big Spur to help us break it down. J.C., what's going on, my friend? Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. Happy Rivalry Week, and appreciate you taking the time. Hey, that's no problem. Same to you and yours, Chris, and all the uh, T.S.U.S. Uh, Diddly Crosners out there, uh, you're all Gamecock family, and certainly wish all of of the Gamecock family a tremendous Thanksgiving. It is Rivalry Week; it's about the, the biggest weekend of the year, is what I always have called it since I was in college, and uh, it still is. It's, it's a huge game, obviously, for a number of reasons. Uh, this season, in particularly, uh, glad the Gamecocks have one more home game to get out there and, and perform under the lights at Williams Price. And JC, it's funny this week, it's hard not to just completely flip the page and turn the attention to Saturday, but I want to talk about what happened against Kentucky. But before I do that, some massive news that dropped out of nowhere last night as Juice Wells goes on X, goes on his social media and announces he will be returning for the 2024 season. There was a lot of speculation. What are Juice Wells' plans? Is he getting ready for the NFL draft? Could he consider coming back? He said, you know what, JC, I want to clear the air. I'm coming back next year. Your immediate reaction to that and what it means for Gamecocks football, what type of boost that is going into year four of the Shane Beamer era? He's an elite player, Chris. I mean, uh, thank goodness Xavier Leggett became an elite player this year. Uh, and and honestly, you saw it in that first drive against Georgia, just uh, when you put those two on the field with each other what kind of an offense this could have been uh, given just, you know, Spencer syncing up with both of those guys and they sort of bring different skill sets to the table. Um, but juice is a, an elite player. I mean, maybe one of the top top receivers in the sec coming into this season, maybe you had Malachi neighbors ahead of him. Uh, I don't know. You know, I don't know who else you could make that kind of um, argument for. Uh, unfortunately, you know, you look at this year's draft, Chris, and it's uh it's very deep at receiver. I mean, you've got a lot. I mean, Xavier's climbing up the boards. Uh, and right now, probably if Juice went, he would go before Juice. So Juice looking about a fifth to seventh round pick. Best. Um, I think that, uh, you know, when you kind of consider that he could come back and play his way into the first or second round, that's a significant bunch of coin. Um, now, I'll say this. 
if Juice went to the pros and got drafted late, I have no doubt he would make a roster if healthy. Uh, and if not, he'd be on IR. He's too good. I mean, he, he is an NFL guy. But uh, coming back is betting on yourself, which I always appreciate and admire in people. I always think that the people that bet on themselves end up being uh, successful in life, no matter what kind of failures they may or roadblocks they may have. Uh, and so he's betting on himself to come back and be elite and play his way into the first or second round. I think, you know, when you look at it, Lenore Sellers is probably pretty happy, you know, assuming he is the guy, which I believe he will be, because you've got a ready-made all-SEC type talent out there uh, to throw the ball to uh, next season uh, if you're the young quarterback. So uh, it's exciting to think about, you know, Juice and Lenore on the field at the same time. You hope an improved offensive line as well. Uh, some of the younger players like Nick Harbor taking another step forward, um, you know, getting better at running back in the portal or otherwise uh, tight end as well. So, um, you know, it, it looks uh, against the schedule they're going to face next year. I mean, you know, you, you're going to need all the weapons you can get. And so it's a, it's a, it's a good piece of news for South Carolina without a doubt. JC, moving into the game that took place on Saturday night, Gamecocks keep their bowl hopes alive, obviously, taking down Kentucky. First time, JC, back-to-back wins against the Wildcats since 2012 to 2013. That's significant. That's a big deal when you talk about turning the tide and flipping that series, and now Shane Beamer with two wins in a row against Kentucky and Mark Stoops, a 2 and one record. You look back at this game, though, JC, it was the slugfest that I guess we were – all expecting, maybe? No, I, I mean, it, I, it, I was stunned by the final. I thought that would be the halftime score more than anything. Let's start with the defense, though, because we've picked on them a lot this year, and they've been bad. They've deserved it, but they also deserve the praise after that performance, a night in which, for whatever reason, the offense was sputtering. It was just that type of game. It was just that slugfest game, J.C., both teams trading blows, both defenses making big plays. South Carolina had one or two more big plays in them, especially with the turnovers. You had the fantastic interception from Nick eamon Worry, the great plays by Jordan Strawn up front, Tonka Hemingway. What impressed you the most about the Gamecocks' defensive performance on Saturday night? Yeah, it's the second straight season, if you remember that game in Lexington last year, and I was there where South Carolina's D-line really got the best of Kentucky up front. We can't say that's happened a ton this year. You know, Jordan Strawn had his best game. Tonka Hemingway active and making plays. Boogie Huntley uh, out there doing things. T.J. Sanders, the linebackers played well. Uh, they they limited – I mean, Kentucky didn't really feed Ray Davis that much. They fed him 12 times. Stoops alluded to – something's up there because Stoops kind of alluded to it uh, in the um, – we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Gosh, in the, in the whatever, in the post game, but... Uh... You know, they limited him and his carries. Devin Leary was probably not going to beat Carolina with his arm, uh, and he didn't. Uh, but but I always call Kentucky this, and I got it from from my friend Josh Pate. Kentucky is a spider web team. Like, you don't want to get caught in their web, and Carolina did, quite frankly. Uh, you know, you get off to the hot start, and then they plug away and plug away and plug away, and all of a sudden they make adjustments on defense and – you're stalling out and you can't get a push in the run game. And it's frustrating as all get out, right? And you look up and they're at 14 10. You're like, how did this happen? A lot of teams, a lot of Carolina teams through the years have lost games like that to the Wildcats, including in 2021, where Carolina certainly had their chances. Um, you know, but you get up off the mat, you put together a great drive. Spencer Rattler to Xavier Leggett was the, the story of the evening. Uh, completed a long third down, and then the last touchdown, and then the defense held on at the end. So, you know, that's the type of game, uh, you know, for those that are discouraged now about the offense. And and, and the offense, I, I'm concerned about their ability to get a push in the run game and running the ball in general after these last three weeks. That, that said, you know, Kentucky's done this to so many teams through the years, uh, and they really wanted that. Well, you could tell Kentucky came in and played inspired, confident football. They did not think they were going to lose. I mean, last year uh, in Lexington, Kentucky held that Georgia monstrosity to 16 points. So that it just that that's just kind of the way they play. Uh, South Carolina did a really, really good job, I think, of uh, of not letting the, the stagnation on offense get to the defense. Uh, you know, sometimes that happens. Defense will get frustrated and your offense isn't moving it and you, you get kind of demoralized and you give up a cheap touchdown or something. Carolina did not relent. Um, and they won the football game. I mean, that, that's the most important. After 10 years of extreme frustration against this group, you know, it's good to see the Gamecocks come out on top and one that uh, where they played Kentucky. They played, to, they played the game Kentucky wanted to play instead of the game they wanted to play. But when you still come out and win in that situation, uh, I think that's special. JC, you just hit the nail on the head. Admittedly watching that game, I thought to myself, this is the game that Kentucky wants to play. This plays right into Kentucky's hands, that hard-nosed, grinded-out type of football game. And the fact that South Carolina was able to hold on and sort of beat them at their own game, certainly impressive, like you mentioned, and certainly that home field atmosphere, that home game crowd, the all-black jerseys. <clears throat> Williams-Brice Stadium was in peak form on Saturday night. Let's move, though, J.C., to the offensive side because you mentioned some folks are discouraged. I find myself not not as worried as maybe some others in regards to I, I think it's more of a one-off than the offense just forgot how to play. However, there are things that have to be corrected. What did you see from the offensive side? Because I thought yet again, J.C., and it's it's really easy to sit here and play Monday morning quarterback and and – 
look back at the film and break everything down. But like, I admittedly thought there were some really questionable play calls, some questionable decisions, some questionable, you get a turnover and you're not exactly taking a shot or trying to make a big play or deliver a blow, you know, a, a knockout punch. What were your thoughts on the offensive side? Was it, do you have to just give more credit to Kentucky blowing it up up front or were the things South Carolina left out there? It was just, it wasn't their day. And things got a little cattywampus. Uh, and I like that word cattywampus. <laughs> and this happens sometimes, right? You know, when they when they put Lenoris in for that, that package, it, there was some discombobulation it looked like. And, uh, and, and Lenoris, to his credit, two carries, nine yards. That's a good day at the office when you're, just kind of going in there to doing it and, and, and Kentucky kind of picked up on it. And then, you know, South Carolina just could not get a push in the run game. And that's the third straight week really. Um, we have not seen, you know, when we saw Mario break a long one and we've seen him break some long ones, I think a 40 yarder against Jack state 72 against Vandy, no long ones, this one. Um, and, and it's tough. Beamer said afterwards that, that Mario's a little banged up. Maybe he is, uh, he's still running hard. Yeah, and then there's no depth there. I mean, DJ Braswell's having to go in and play it. And what a good block on the touchdown pass by DJ. But I, I just say, I, I think sometimes, you know, when, when you're playing a defensive team, it's very problematic like Kentucky is, you know, and, and things start to not work. It snowballs a little bit on you. And it wasn't, I don't think anybody on offense thinks it was their best day. Um, they just did enough to win the game and, and that's positive. But uh yeah, I mean, you know, I I I would not sit here and grade that side of the ball out at, you know, a B plus or A uh in it. They just uh but it's a you know, it's a team ball game, you know, and I think uh yeah, I think Kai Kroger had a good day punting too, quite frankly. Uh and he's gonna need to do this weekend. Uh and it, it is a similar type of matchup. Uh Kentucky is I don't think Kentucky's as talented as Clemson, but it's that same type of yeah, I don't want to call Clemson a spiderweb team because that sounds so weird, Chris. But in a lot of ways, they are. And if they're not turning it over, they're they're hard to beat, you know, because of the way they run the football and the way they play defense. So, you know, they're going to need more points this weekend against the Tigers. Uh, and then you're going to need to block better, um, obviously. Uh, and I think uh, the Gamecocks got to win the turnover battle, but just like they did against Kentucky. But that's uh, – you know, you take that win against the Wildcats, like I said, they were coming to town and they were going to make it an ugly game just like two years ago, just like 2017, just like 2015 uh, when they've won in Columbia. And uh, the Gamecocks said, no, no, not today. So that's uh, that's one you take and you just next year you, you try to go blow them out. JC, before we move into the rivalry stuff, Xavier Leggett balls out yet again, and I mentioned, and I'm sure you guys mentioned it, that going in that game, it comes down to Spencer Rattler and Xavier Leggett. Your best players have to make plays. They have to play well. That's no secret. When you look at his season, for you, you've watched a lot of Gamecocks football. you watched a lot of great Gamecocks wide receivers. Where do you put this season that Xavier Leggett's having? Like, would you compare it to somebody else? I, I'm not really asking you to rank it, but, like, where does your mind immediately go when you watch what Xavier Leggett's doing on a week-in, week-out basis? It's up there. It reminds me somewhat of Sidney Rice's 2005 season, Spurrier's first year, where, you know, it, it took the head ball coach, and I think and I think Sidney was banged up, but it, it took him a couple of games. I think it was the Georgia game, game two, where he was catching touchdowns and making an acrobatic play, and then all of a sudden they figured it out quickly. And you saw what kind of season he had uh, – 
I think he was national freshman of the year by rivals.com that season. And obviously had a great two year career, at Carolina. Um, so as far as just the type of season he's having, uh, it's like that. As far as who he is as a player, man, I don't, there just haven't been very many players that, that, that are that size and that fast at South Carolina. Uh, Jared Cook, but Jared was more of a split tight end. Uh, you know, the, this guy, uh, Xavier, he's probably not as good of a route runner elite-wise. And we had Pat DeMarco on earlier this week. And, you know, I was asking, what's the difference between Julio Jones and Xavier Leggett? Because I evaluated Julio as a high schooler and followed his career, obviously. And the difference is Julio is just an elite route runner. And, and Xavier's just not quite there yet. Now, he's run elite routes. That uh, The route he ran on the first touchdown the other night was beautiful you know, along with the crosses and all that. But if there's any separation between the two, it's that at this same stage. Um, so that the dude's Julio Jones, basically, you know, and, and fast. And, and Carolina just has not had that many receivers. I mean, usually you know, there's been a lot of big receivers that come through here, Chris, but then they end up, you know, they're not the fastest guys, you know. Um, Alshon had a football speed, right? But in a race, Xavier would probably beat him. You know, um, so I, I don't even know who to compare him to, uh, to be honest, as far as, you know, that type of big freaky receiver that can run the DK Metcalfs of the world, if you will. Um, but uh, his season reminds me of Rice's season, like I said, where, you know, going in, you didn't necessarily talk about him as being a guy that was going to blow up. And he did. And, and Carolina's fortunate to have him um, doing what he's doing. But uh and that was the same with Sydney that first year. Um, so that's that's a season. And then player wise, I, you know, heck, Julio Jones, DK Metcalf, those guys. Carolina hasn't had very many of those at all. Yeah, JC. Admittedly, my mind went straight to DK Metcalf. I was asked this a couple of weeks ago. Player comparison, and just that physicality, that size, that speed, those hands. To your point, I, I think Metcalf. It's a really good comparison, and it makes sense. South Carolina Clemson, JC, need I say more? It is one of the best rivalries in all of college football. I'll ask you again before we get in the specifics of the game. You've been covering this thing for a very long time. Favorite memory and least favorite memory from the rivalry during your time, Gamecocks and Clemson. The Spurs Up Show is brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate the game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. The Spurs Up Show is also brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Download the Game Time app or head over to GameTime.co and use the promo code 
Spurs up for $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's promo code Spurs up, S P or S U P, for $20 off your first purchase. Game time is the best ticket buying app available that removes all the stress of the ticket buying process. They have things like images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Guys, you can buy your tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps, and you're set. And also, tickets, they're sent directly to your phone. So no more scrambling, searching through your email, trying to find the tickets you just bought. Whether it be the Gamecocks, a concert, a comedy club event, you name it, whatever the event is, Buying tickets shouldn't be stressful, and Game Time is the way to go. Again, that's our friends at Game Time. Go download the Game Time app or go to GameTime.co. And when you do, create an account and use promo code SPURSUP. That's S-P-U-R-S-U-P for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Favorite memory? Um, Gosh, probably... The the ninety where the Gamecocks won because I've had a lot of good memories where they lost too man I mean after the ninety nine game when uh, Carolina it was a, it was a noon kickoff Carolina played its best game of the year still lost by ten on a late touchdown pass that sealed it for the Tigers and uh, and that was the end of zero and eleven but I had a blast the, the post game party out the tailgate because we were just all kind of relieved that's it. But anyway. Uh, in 1994, it was Brad Scott's first year. My and I, my buddy in high school, he's, he's like the only Clemson fan. Believe it or not, I grew up in the upstate. I was not friends with very many Clemson people. Like, I don't know why. I don't know how that happened. My only Clemson friend I had. We were supposed to go to the game the year before. And, God, I guess his parents, he got in trouble with his parents or something, so we couldn't. So we went in 94 and uh, had good seats right down near the field there at Memorial Stadium and, you know, Carolina's up 14-7, and uh, Brandon Bennett throws the ball across the field to Reggie Richardson, and he runs it all the way down, and Carolina proceeds to just whip them 33-7, which was unprecedented. And, you know, as a younger kid and all that, that was Brad Scott's first year, so you think, man, the future's bright, it's about to turn around. Uh, and that was, uh, you know, that was something. Least favorite memory? Uh I would say the push off up there, but that was such a great football game. You know, it's hard to sit there and you mean, but I, I'd say the fight year. That was just uh, that was just so disappointing because there was a lot of tent intensity. You know, Carolina people were kind of sky high because Spurrier's coming, and and, and Carolina's supposed to go to a bowl that year, so there were rumors Spurrier's gonna come in and coach the bowl, and everybody's like sky high and. You know, Carolina just was not focused that day. Uh, Clemson was not a very good football team, uh, and they just beat the tar out of the Gamecocks. And Savelle Newton spent the whole day on his back. It was awful. Uh, and then what happened at the end was just just very, very disheartening uh, as a native of the state of South Carolina. Um, just did not – just had a bad taste in my mouth um, after that one just because of what happened. Now, uh, other than that, it was a pretty good day. Me and my buddy – uh, at the Bilo in Clemson, bought a parking pass uh, right behind where the the West Zone is now for like twenty dollars. So we parked right there, and I mean it was it was a pretty good day. Chugged a few beers, I ate a sandwich. You know, it was a nice day. I 
walked away from that just kind of disgusted by the whole state of things. And then as things happened, Chris, when Spurrier took over, and some of these guys that were the ringleaders of that ended up getting thrown off the team. I, I was, you know, it was concerning about the character of some of the players at Carolina at that point. So, JC, as we turn our attention to Saturday's game, Clemson enters this one. Obviously a disappointing season of their own, but the Gamecocks and Tigers have each won three games in a row entering this football game. So it's not a Kentucky situation where they've lost four of the last five and just got blown out. You look at Clemson offensively, Cade Klubnick at the quarterback position. Again, a bit of a rough start. This Garrett Riley offense, he's come on of late, but it's all about the rushing attack, right? Will Shipley, Phil Moffa. It's a lot like Kentucky where, again, they want to win with run game. Cade Klubnick just do enough and don't lose the football game for them. They've had trouble with turnovers, J.C. They turn it over in every single game this year. They fumble the ball a lot. South Carolina, we've seen in recent weeks, has gone to this 3-3-5 scheme. What do you expect from South Carolina defensively? How do you expect them to attack Clemson? I mean, again, it sounds no-brainer that you got to slow down the running game. Much easier said than done. But again, this isn't a Clemson offense. It's lighting up scoreboards by any means. No, but it is a Clemson offense. It's a different type of attack than maybe Kentucky or Vandy where they're kind of bunched in a little bit, a lot more kind of pro-style stuff with those two offenses. This is a spread. They're going to spread you out. Garrett Riley, you know all that. South Carolina has not stopped Will Shifley in the entire 127 years he's been at Clemson. Um, It's been only two games, but 2021 – uh, 2022, you could make the argument that they just turned and given it to Shipley. Maybe Carolina doesn't stop them all that much in the second half. Uh is a load. Uh, arguably, I think he's been better than Shipley this year. Um, but they do put the ball on the ground. They do throw interceptions. I, I think I think that's the key. I think you got to stop the run first. But you have to be aware of some of the, the, the stuff they do in the flat, Chris. They, they're really good at attacking the flat. And Carolina – has had trouble this year tackling out there. Um, it's been better the last couple of weeks, so it's got to be on point Saturday. Uh, Bearing Stool, I think, is a a soul crusher on third and five to six. Um, you got a favorable down in distance, and he's come the big six seven guy comes right across the formation, right across the middle, and boom, he's right at the sticks. It's a first down. Um, it is a Clemson is a frustrating team uh, to have to play against this year if you're not on top if you're playing from behind. Uh, and another thing Carolina can't do that North Carolina did last week, you, you can't give them the ball. You, you've got to take advantage of your scoring opportunities. I mean, my goodness, North Carolina could have been up 21 nothing in that game. And, you know, you get up that much, you have to wonder if Clemson has the firepower to come back, you know, other than just, you know, because they're, they're, they're really a ball control play defense. Um, you know, the good South Carolina is coming along right now because I, I think if you're leaky on that side of the ball, their defense is so good that if they're scoring points, you know, it's going to be a tough day at the office. But if you're holding them down, forcing punts, um, getting turnovers and all that, uh, you know, it'll, it could probably end up being another game similar to Kentucky in all honesty if, uh, if it ends up playing out like that. But Carolina's got to find a way to slow Will Shipley and Phil Moffa, obviously, uh, force turnovers and don't turn it over uh, yourself. And when you got the opportunity, if you get a turnover deep, you know, put it in the end zone. You know, you can't settle for field goals and um, and then have, or have or God forbid be down there like North Carolina and not punch it in or not get any points. 
And JC, South Carolina's defense will need to be good yet again because Clemson, you can almost count on their defense is going to show up. One of the best in college football, uh, allowing just under 300 yards per game of total offense. Their opponents, 288.6, including 166 yards per game through the air. They have a pair of elite linebackers in Jeremiah Trotter and Barrett Carter. They've got a fantastic defensive line. The matchup that's being talked about, J.C., it seems all week is Xavier Leggett against Nate Wiggins on the outside, their fantastic corner. How does South Carolina have success against this Clemson defense? Because, again, as you mentioned, J.C., I mean, the Gamecocks, let's call it what it is, they have not been able to run the football this year outside of some big Marvin Joe Anderson runs. And running for 50 yards against the Kentucky defensive front it doesn't exactly make you feel all warm and fuzzy and optimistic that the Gamecocks are going to generate some some elite running game on Saturday. So how do they overcome that? I mean, I feel like we were having similar conversations going into last year's Clemson game, and South Carolina won anyway on the back of a great Spencer Rattler performance. Will it take that type of game yet again to lead the yeah. game to a productive offensive day? Spencer in the passing game are, are going to have to carry the offense. We <laughs> You, know, you just go out there and throw them down because they're going to pin their ears back and come after you. Uh, but, uh, you know, Brent Venables to West Godwin up there, it's the same scheme. Uh, and, and if there's one thing about that scheme, they will give you opportunities downfield. If you, if you I don't say guess right, but, but call it right, you know, you can have some times where you've really got some good opportunities. So the key is, you know, you've got to get it off. You know, Spencer's got to have time. Uh, I like I like it when they move the pocket a little bit and get him out on the edge. Uh, you know, you see what's open. I do think Wiggins versus Leggett is a is a great one on one matchup. You know, I think the rest of their secondary is probably better than it was last year. Um, but South Carolina's got some weapons too. You know, guys like Josh Simon and Trey Knox and Anderson out of the backfield, and uh, you know, Marion Brown, Omega Blake, Nick Harbor. You know, those guys got to make plays too because. Uh, if I'm Clemson, I am 17 is in my crosshairs. Maybe maybe you, you're not as worried about everybody else. So uh, those guys got to make plays. And if they're open, I'm sure Spencer will find them and and all that. You know, I think I think Rattler's probably going to run the ball a little bit too. Uh, you know, Drake May had some success running it. And, and really, North Carolina, Amari and Hampton had some really big runs in that game. Uh, it just wasn't uh, – you know, wasn't consistent enough, and then they had the problems, and you know, inside the one twice. But uh, you know, so who knows? Maybe, maybe this is a one where you catch him blitzing or whatever. Mario Anderson breaks a couple of tackles, and you know, he's off to the races. You know, who knows? But uh, I do think that Spencer's going to have to have a good game. The passing game in general is going to have to carry it. Uh, I don't see South Carolina winning if they go through a stretch like they did against Kentucky, where they. You know, can't get out of their own way and are going three and out over and over. I think that plays right into the type of team Clemson is this year, um, which is kind of a, hey, if we got you down, it's going to be hard to come back on us. J.C. Beamer Ball was such a large part of that win last year. I really feel like that's where Kai Kroger set some of these, dare I say, sort of unrealistic expectations for this season and why. I don't think there's anybody been more scrutinizing Kai Kroger this year. I mean, even more than Spencer Rattler or any player on this team. Um, do you feel like special teams can play that kind of role again? Is that something you can go into this game depending on, banking on? Do you just hope that it works out in your favor? I mean, what role do special teams play in this football game? 
But to a certain extent, you know, I think Kai needs to have – Kai had a pretty good game against Kentucky. He averaged 44 yards a kick and uh, really did a good job on a lot of attempts. Uh, I think, you know, as far as the two field goal kickers, South Carolina has got a tremendous advantage uh, in that department. Clemson, they kind of had some – they had to call somebody – back to the team to kick for them, you know, this year. Uh, so it's been an adventure in that department for the Tigers, uh, which if you're holding them to field goal attempts, I think you're doing good on defense. Uh, and Mitch Jeter's, you know, been pretty good this year, obviously really good. Uh, so that's an advantage for the Gamecocks. You know, as far as the return game goes, kickoff return, and yeah, Jeter kicks it in the end zone most of the time. You do have to tackle their punt returner is a little tricky. He, he's so if you don't kick it right, you know, and he has a chance to, to wiggle in there, he could get some yards. Uh, but you, you, you'd you hope Kai Kroger has a big game. You know, I, I think going into the game, uh, Clemson's got a really good punter, uh, just like Carolina. I'd say even with a slight advantage to South Carolina in, in all the special teams areas uh, on Saturday night, certainly you'd like to win that battle. Uh, head-to-head, uh, it, it's just such an advantage. If you can get a pop-off a return or you can block a kick or they're missing field goals, I mean, it, it's usually a, a positive when that happens. Plus, the the vertical, to, to quote Will Muschamp, he always said the vertical field position. The vertical field position is going to be key in this ball game just because Clemson's not a big strike team. They're a take-it-and-march. And statistically, the longer they have to march – the better their chances of fizzling out. And so you, you kind of will, you kind of want to win that field position battle Saturday night. JC, nobody's going to throw a parade or say that a six and six season was wildly successful and met all the preseason hype and expectations. But if the Gamecocks are able to take care of Clemson, make it two in a row in the rivalry, Shane Beamer have a two and one record against Clemson and Dabo Sweeney and the Gamecocks do win their fourth consecutive and make a bowl game. How significant, how big will that be just in the scope of the 2023 season? It's big, Chris, because, look, this team, you know, people people like to say injuries are an excuse. And, and I, I look, I'm, if you've been there six years and you're supposed to have depth and you're supposed to have all this talent and you've recruited well, uh, I don't even know at that point that 12 guys going down on the offensive line is going to be ideal. I mean, I don't think Alabama can survive that or Georgia. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think, yeah, sometimes that gets to be an excuse. When you're hurt, well, next man up, you know, you've had ample time to build a roster where there's depth. Although South Carolina's really never had depth. But that's a different point. Um, it's year three. Year three is usually, at the very least, you're thin at spots, and South Carolina was. Um, the defensive issues they had this year were not a function of injury. Uh, but you also have a schedule that really, Chris, uh, you know, it's almost the opposite of Kentucky. You know, Kentucky got off to that big start and they were ranked and all that because, you know, they played Akron and Eastern Kentucky and Youngstown, whoever the hell else. I mean, they, they played three cupcakes every year uh, and they were the first three games. It was a, a Big Ten type schedule for them. You know, Carolina did not have that luxury, you know, starting with the North Carolina game. Uh, you know, your road games, Tennessee, A&M, and Georgia, three places you rarely can win or it's tough to win, anybody to win. And then Missouri, nobody saw them coming as a top 10 football team. And I think I think, I think, think we all know by now they're legit, you know. The Florida game is the one that hurts because that should have been a win, no questions asked. 
uh, you got to hold on in that situation. But, you know, other than that, you know, I, I think if you look back on this season, you know, there have been the only other two seasons where injuries have decimated one side of the ball like they have at Carolina. 2018, it on defense. Now, Carolina did make a bowl that year because uh, the offense was really good. Uh, and then 1999, and Carolina lost every single game. So, um, you know, yeah, I think I think you just take it. Uh, I think the Clemson game is huge for this university and this fan base and the players and everybody involved, top to bottom. Clemson is a big game. It will always will be. Uh, and so if you can go get another one of those, uh, it takes the it takes the sting out of the season quite a bit. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I, I remember, you know, 2009 was a promising season because you had the win over Ole Miss and then uh, played Florida tough. That great Florida team came in here with the – with the, I guess the, the wounded warriors uniform day. Uh, but it was not going to be cool. If, if the Gamecocks went six and six and lost to Clemson, well, then they went out and beat them 34, 17. And next thing you know, there's 25,000 Gamecocks going to the frozen pizza bowl. That wasn't a good game, obviously, but, uh, that was a, that was a disaster, but look at the enthusiasm based on winning that game. Uh, same thing happened last year after beating Clemson and getting the Gator Bowl. And it just always helps when you win that one uh, at the end. And I'm sure Clemson's thinking the same thing. They don't like losing to South Carolina up there. Uh, and getting back, getting that team, Dabo getting that team to eight and four, and you beat the Gamecocks on their home field again. Uh, you know, things are going to be feeling hunky dory. They're going to be talking national championships again up, up in Clemson. But, uh, you know, it, it, it would mean this game always means everything. Uh, but this year even more because you do get into that bowl. Probably, the you know, there's not – I mean, even at six and six, you probably avoid – if you win this, you probably avoid Birmingham or the Gasparilla. You're probably going to Liberty Bowl, uh, which is not good for me because I have a rehearsal dinner at five o'clock that day, and it starts at two. So I may miss the – anyway, we'll have a TV on there. But anyway, that's uh, – it. you know, it's a Liberty Bowl against somebody like West Virginia. Heck, that'd be awesome to play West Virginia in the Liberty Bowl with this team. Um, you know, and so I, I think that it is big. Now, you lose it. Maybe you still go to a bowl because there's still that possibility. Maybe you don't. You lose it. It's going to be an interesting offseason. I don't think it's going to be hopeless, but uh, I think it's going to be an interesting offseason as far as the direction you go. Uh, in a number of areas. And then, you know, how do you get ready for the next year? Uh, you know, and, and I think those questions are going to be there regardless, but you know, I, uh, long story short, I mean, everybody should know you win this one. Uh, it, it, everything else is a distant memory, you know, <laughs> certainly those issues will be amplified depending on the results of Saturday. Yeah. I don't, I don't the grind about for the Gasparilla may turn for the grind for the Liberty bowl, which any bowl game at this point would be great. Yeah. Get to six, six wins and figure it out from there. J.C. Sherbert of the Big Spur joins us every single week. J.C., this was a blast, my friend. Again, let me wish you and yours happy Thanksgiving. And uh, Maybe, hopefully man. we are talking next week after a big South Carolina W. Absolutely, my friend. You guys take care and uh, talk to you next week.
This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.